It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Hopefully, you're excited to have us if you're just checking us out. Uh, it's a show on the new channel Q. We're new after all these years. And you can follow us at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. James, I think everyone has been waiting with bated breath since yesterday. Dr. James Simmons, a nurse practitioner, a doctor, a man who saves lives, got a coronavirus test. Uh, he said... Uh, he, he was feeling a little meh. He went to a, a rapid testing site, I believe. They said, we do it orally. You said, I love oral. And I love how, oral. And how did the <laughs> test results fare? Drum roll. <gasps> Negativo. Hooray! Yeah! I, now, I was, was surprisingly a- nervous about it. I was, I was like, well, yeah. Really nervous. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is how people feel when they get this test and they're like really freaked out about it. And people reach out to me and I try to tell them like, ah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like just, you know, quarantine till you get your results back. But I was like, whoa, I have to quarantine to get my results back. Like this is really nerve wracking and I'm very happy to be negative. And interestingly, it made me feel less meh. Oh, good. Yes, it does. There, A lot of it is psychological. Is there evidence about that as, oh, as a yeah. doctor? Have you, okay, you, you know, if you feel meh, and then you start thinking, oh, no, there's something going on. Oh, no, I have a cough. Oh, no, it's a dry cough. What am I going to do? Okay, now I'm feeling for clumps. Now I'm getting congested. It just spirals in your brain and affects your body. Yes? There is a little bit of inconclusive evidence, but leans towards, yes, that that exact thought process can actually facilitate you getting sick. So you can actually make yourself sick. There are some people, there are some clinical conditions where people make themselves sick the the psychosomatic connection the mind body connection is very very real and people can trick themselves into getting like physically ill it's it's a real thing those of us who don't have those as a disorder sometimes it's actually better to be like nope i'm not sick i'm gonna take my vitamins and stuff anyway just to make sure my immune system is cute and i'm gonna get a bunch of sleep but to tell yourself like i'm not getting sick there's a little bit of evidence that says it might actually work hmm well i mean that's not the munchausen though right the Munchausen's when you when you make you like physically make yourself sick. That's like not you, what you're talking. Yes, about. and that tends to be something of like a, like an intention seeking type of behavior. Um, so like I'm going to continue to do these things because the attention mm-hmm. that I'm getting from healthcare mm-hmm. providers or other people because I'm ill is filling some sort of void. Yes, that makes I sense. know. I know a Munchie. I know a Munchauser. Do you? Did yeah. you say I know a Munchie? Yeah. <laughs> But there are a lot of things that can make us anxious in 2020. Of course, Uh if it's not coronavirus, it's, uh, you know, the many, I mean, if you've you've got that 2020 bingo card, it is full of all kinds of crazy things. We've talked about brain eating amoebas on the show. I mean, all kinds of things and not to mention the wildfires. But the good thing is that the president of the United States, it has got us covered with the wildfires. Dr. James. Yeah, let's just do a mini Trump around here. Because the president, I know everyone knocks him for not being a great leader. Oh, you know, we really could use some leadership right about now. And he continues to just kind of chill. But he has swooped in and cleared everything up about the cause of the fires. Uh, Let's take a listen. When trees fall down after a short period of time, about 18 months, they become very dry. They become really like a matchstick. And they get up, you know, there's no more water pouring through. And they become very, very, uh, they just explode. So after all these days and weeks and months of, of, 
of California specifically, but all, all, all over the place, there are natural disasters happening and going, hey, how about some funding? Hey, what the hell's going on? Hey, you going to kind of coach us through this? Um, he finally shows up in the final hour and then bottom of the ninth inning with exploding trees. Yeah, how about that? And there is, quite honestly, just drop to subject listeners, there's no scientific evidence that trees spontaneously combust. Just <laughs> just want to let you know. We'll, we'll fact check this one. Trees do not spontaneously combust into fire. Some trees can freeze and their sap causes a chemical reaction that sort of causes the tree to like burst, but that's only when they're cold. So I just really love that we have someone who's a climate denier who has admitted lying about this global pandemic, which could have, you know, we probably, I, my guess is we could have avoided probably two thirds of the deaths that we've had so far and the illnesses had we handled this the right way. That's just my opinion. Uh, and now he's telling, and it's California, right? It's not the 11 other states that are on fire. It's just California that he brings up in this, right? Well, California lets their trees there and we, we don't rake our leaves in our forests. Right. That's that, why it's because we're not why. raking enough. Yes, he does yeah. go on to explain the raking. They could explode. Also, leaves. When you have years of leaves, dried leaves on the ground, it just sets it up. It's really a fuel for a fire. So they have to do something about it. They also have to do cuts. I mean, people don't like to do cuts, but they have to do cuts in between. So if you do have a fire and it gets away, you'll have a 50 yard cut in between. So it won't be able to catch to the other side. They don't do that. Okay. He's doing a whole charades thing with his arms too. He's kind of trying to show where the where the cuts need to be, and it's it's a whole thing. And and I will say that with the year 2020, the way it's going, exploding trees isn't something that would shock me that much. But I don't think it's (laughs) true. No, it's not true. And listen, d bag, we don't need you here in California (laughs) explaining to us how to contain fires. Nobody does it better on Earth, by the way. So if it's not getting done all that swell in California, it's because it can't get done all that swell. We know exactly how to cut to prevent fires from growing. Like, this is what we do in California. We don't need your little punk ass to come up in here and tell us what to do with these fires. I'm so over this dude, Ali Johnson. I can't (laughs) handle it on a Tuesday. Well, you know, you would think that after the many, many years that that have had fires in California, we wouldn't be watching this video and going, oh. Oh, oh thanks, Don. That's what yeah, it was. It's all those years of leaves. Thank oh, you for clearing it up. Well, Crikey. we're going to clear up a few things when we come back. We're going to give you a two-minute commercial break, which is always exciting. You're not going to listen to more than two minutes of commercials. Then when we get back, it's Just the Tip Tuesday, and we're going to tell you about ways that you can fix your bad habit uh, your bad email habits so we're getting to that next please advise drop the subject the new channel q <laughs> drop the subject with Allie and james welcome to the show on tuesdays we like to do this little Ooh, segment that we tuesday. call just the tip tuesday and that's how my grandma always used to say it tuesday wednesday when is your grandmother from the midwest she was from boston oh she would say ka Instead Ka, of car. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And ba- Bast and Habit. And then she would say, well, don't I know it? Don't I know it? <laughs> <laughs> That's I love her. Um, but on Tuesdays, we like to give you just a tip Tuesday, which means we, sh- we share with you tips, tricks, life hacks, things that make life a little easier, especially after hearing about fire advice from the president. So today, we're actually going to learn about writing emails and how to not suck at doing that. Because let's face it, we've been 
emailing each other for how long, James? I mean, it's been oh, yeah. at least 20 years that we've now had experience <laughs> writing emails to one another, yet it seems people still just don't understand how it works. And I, I like that this article was not like, what are the things that people do that annoy you about email? Because I think we've done that before. Yes. Um, but this is, so this is good. So instead of focusing on the negative, we're going to do, we're going to be the only people in all of 2020 who managed to focus on the positive, right? This is what we do at Drop the Subject. Um, and I like this. The first one, Stop yelling, which is yeah, also all caps, uh, all caps applies to radio alley. Stop, stop yelling on the radio. But, I don't know what we're yelling about. What are, why are we yelling? Because I don't know what else to do. Uh, listen, when you are typing in all caps and maybe this is for the older folks listening, when you type in all caps, it translates to the person reading it wherever they are reading it from text, email, et cetera, as that you are yelling at them. So if you want to emphasize a word, maybe, maybe put that word in all caps or better yet, keep it lowercase, but bold it or underline it or something. But definitely we're not doing caps at all and definitely not the whole damn email. Well, when you're an all caps person, that's a very specific type of person. And if you're going to be that person, commit to it. There are a couple people I know who they're just all caps people. They just (laughs) that's how they communicate through text message, through Twitter, through email. All of it is all caps all the time, followed by 10,000 exclamation points. And if that's who you are and that's your brand, then go with it. But if that's not something that you're willing to identify as, then stop (laughs) yelling at everyone. Stop. Uh, Now, are you also including exclamation points in there? I noticed you tacked that in there. And I tend to be an exclamation point person. You are an exclamation point person, but it doesn't bother me. Because okay. I know I know you and I know what a positive person you are and I know you mean every single exclamation point. You're not just mindlessly <laughs> putting them in there. Right, right, right. Versus I really somebody am else excited. who's not like that. Right. And they're just like, I'm going to put in 17 exclamation points. Ah, <laughs> living uh, for it. And you're uh, like, you're not though. You're just sitting on the couch with a monotone bitch face. <laughs> with, with, right. You have had RBF all of 2020. Like most of us, we know you don't mean those exclamation points. Uh, speaking of sitting there in monotone, one of the other tips for this email is to talk instead of type, which I've started doing a lot of. And my voice dictation is getting better on all of my devices, But not great. Our boss will speak to text a lot of times, and we will get messages that we must decipher like a weird hieroglyph on written on the side (laughs) of a cave. And then we need to talk about it and be like, what did he mean? Did he mean that we need to find more gif or more guests? I don't know what it is, but... (laughs) Right. Like, what does this mean? That's the only thing that makes me nervous about speech to text with email or with text messages. But then when I do do it and it's effective, I'm like, I should do this all the time. Yep, absolutely. Or I was trying to say the words pustule, penile, papule or something in an email. And yeah, the text didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) So like, what does that actually translate into? That would be really good. But it does remind me that I think I have an upper edge of this because I dictate a lot of my notes at the hospital. So I've been like doing this for a long time. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it. One of the things I am, however, Allie, and I think a lot of people are really bad about, or maybe not as thoughtful about as they should be is sending the email at the right time, which is the third tip on here. Google has a really great function. And I know most email webs like servers do where you can send later send later or schedule the time or whatever. I think it's brilliant, but I never use it. 
Oh, I use it a lot. I love it because if there's ever a moment where I'm writing an email to somebody that I've been meaning to write, usually it's not during normal business hours. Uh, if I'm catching up on old emails, it's usually at a time that's not convenient for the person. It doesn't make any sense for me to actually send the email at that time. So I will schedule it for the following morning or the whatever the first Monday slot is. Oh. And it's great. Um, scheduling those emails is awesome. But I will say you, I think there's a filter that you can do on your Gmail if you have Gmail where you can only send those or schedule send those if you pass a drunk test. What? Are, honestly. Yeah, because there are some, if you're writing an email at like one in the morning and you're like, I'm going to ask my boss to raise it, deserve it. And it's time. <laughs> and you start writing that email. <laughs> well, it'd be like, are you drunk? Yeah, it'll have you solve math problems. <gasps> That's awesome. Yeah. Another good tip with this one is if you've got a few things to say in the email, put them in bullet points. Write one sentence to start it off. Love put the things point. you want to know in bullet points. One sentence to close it out. Be done. Kind of like right. we are here with our two minutes of commercials that you won't have more of. Goodbye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. Ali Johnson, James Simmons, at DTS Show on social media. Boy, this was... Week one of the NFL. Allie, uh, we've had some great sports talk. And the reason we sort of bring sports into this for our entire audience is that this it is undeniable, this connection between sports and politics right now and everything that's going on. And this was the week, first week of the NFL, and it is very well documented, or if you've been listening, that I am very conflicted with the NFL. I think, Allie, you are sort of conflicted with the NFL as well. Yes. And, you know, it was 10 a.m. on Sunday my wife already had the TV on. Actually, it was 9 a.m. She was already ready and watching the pregame stuff, and she was so freaking excited. Uh-huh. And I, we had watched the Thursday night game with Kansas City, and who did they play? Texans. Texans. And there was a whole lot going on there. And it was like, the NFL, we care about racism now. And I was like, what is happening? And then, <laughs> so it was, there was a lot of, lot of things happening there was a lot of different things going on some of them good some of them bad but and and yes the fact that they're talking about this stuff is ultimately good but you know Colin Kaepernick called it out and said it's this is propaganda what are you actually doing and some of the uh announcers were especially some of the announcers of color were saying the same thing this is great but let's you know talk about action let's talk about action so what something that I was confused about maybe you can clear it up James is what does all of it mean now? Because I I haven't had the chance to like read up on it myself, but leaving during the national anthem, like going to the locker room versus linking the arms, like the, like the Texans, I know specifically, they left and then they came back and then they left and then they came back and then they tweeted about Black Lives Matter and then they did the arm thing. And I was like, what is this? Now I'm so confused as to what means what. Yep. And I saw more of that on Sunday. So what are the teams doing and what does it all mean? So the NFL has kind of left it up open to individual teams. Um, so you can, it's almost better to think about teams as franchises rather than 32 parts of a whole. And so there are people like Jerry Jones, owner, a very famous owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who just went last season said he would kick anyone off of his team if they knelt. And now this year he's like, well, I'm going to let the players do what they want because we're in sensitive times, not necessarily because he supports it. So as you went through the games, you're right, Allie, on Sunday, there were lots of different things that happened. And I think what's so interesting is that there isn't a unified response to this. The LA Rams, for instance, some they were out uh, on the field for the national anthem, but some of the players did kneel. One Dallas Cowboy, Don Terry Poe, 
very brave soul, was the only Dallas Cowboy to kneel. And more importantly, the it's the fans are booing it, but some fans are cheering it and fans don't know what to do with it. And I had a really interesting conversation with with one of my colleagues on Sunday because uh, I was at work and she just sort of didn't understand what it meant. And she thought it was protesting the national anthem. And I was like, okay, so we're still back on that conversation. Like Kaepernick oh. kneeling was not protesting the national anthem. These guys locking arms was not protesting the national anthem. And I was like, and 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 she was saying, well, you should be able to boo. Like we can boo if you can lock arms or take a knee. And I was like, well, of course you can boo. But you are booing me being an American. You're booing my First Amendment right to free speech and and peaceful protest. You're booing that. And so by you booing that, you're booing the very American principles, like the things that fundamentally, categorically make us different than every Americans, other country right. in the world. And you booing that as someone who is a, uh, you know, has first responder and supports police and all this kind of stuff, you're actually booing me be- when you're a part of organizations that fight for me to have that freedom. And once her and I sort of had that discussion and we took about an hour away from each other, she came back with tears in her eyes. And she was like, I never thought about it this way. She's like, I never, no one ever challenged me enough to make me really think about why I was upset. And she's like, I never, this person is biracial, by the way. She's like, I never, I, I never, I just would read the headline and react rather than like think critically about it. And she's like, thank you for like having me think critically about it. I guess it's just frustrating to constantly still hear that people don't listen (laughs) or like read about things, you know, so you're just looking at a headline or you're just having a reaction to something happening in the moment. And you're like, this is BS, but you don't you don't know what any of it means. I think a lot of times the things that I've learned are because I look farther into something Mm -hmm. and I'm reading about something or educating myself on something and understanding different perspectives. Whereas if you don't do that, you're very on the surface and in your own world and in your own bubble. And I totally believe her in saying that no one ever challenges her because it's easier to be like, Oh no, they're saying that that's a problem, but I'm going to go ahead and go over here. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then to actually challenge somebody on it is usually like you're going to get other people eye rolling in the group being like, oh, come on. Do we really have to make the conversation about this where wherever you are or whatever you're doing? So it's good that there are people like you, James, that will have those conversations and make them clear. I bring that whole story up because if that's an example of everything going on in football and then what the players are doing, forcing one conversation with two people and there's a little bit more understanding then it's worthwhile and I hope they keep doing it yeah well said we'll be right back with more drop the subject it's two minutes of commercials two haha take that Hulu we'll be right back drop the subject the new channel Q drop the subject with Ali and James welcome back hey There are people coming out of the closet in 2020. I really thought that more people than ever would be coming out of the closet in 2020. And then uh, it turned out to be a year where everyone's living in closets and working out of closets. So here we are. But we do like to spotlight whenever people do come out of the closet. And there are several people that have come out of the closet uh, recently, in recent days, especially in the world of politics. This is Closet Watch. Closet Watch. First up is uh, former... Democratic gubernatorial, that's one of my favorite words to say, gubernatorial candidate, uh, Andrew Gillum, who was unfortunately most notably known for this past March. He was found in a hotel room where there had been a drug overdose. 
He was found vomiting in the toilet when police came in. Someone had overdosed on drugs and there were like three men in the room in various states of clothing and sex toys and all these other things. And people are like, all right, Andrew Gillum, what are you doing in there? Very shocking because he was considered sort of this uh, cadre of up and coming democratic political folks. And now he's, you know, embroiled in a sex scandal. Um, And so there's been questions about his sexuality for a very long time, of course. Well, since then, since March, and he goes on Tamron Hall, who side note, by the way, is one of the few shows who's been doing better in quarantine in terms of ratings than other shows. Yeah. So get your life, Tamron. He, uh, I think this was just yesterday. He came out on Tamron Hall. And to be very honest with you, when you didn't ask the question, Um, You put it out there is whether or not I identify as gay. And the answer is I don't identify as gay, but I do identify as bisexual. And that is something that I have never shared publicly before. So there you have it. Bisexual. Welcome to the family officially. Andrew Gillum, though, your escapades um, led us to sort of understand this already. And I do love that. He, you know, right away, of course, the conversation was, well, is he bisexual or is he just saying that because it's easier for people to swallow yeah, that of old course conversation? Gonna, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Hey, maybe that's true. And maybe he's just a bisexual guy. That's right. Possible. All right. So <laughs> let's is, make sure. Exists. <laughs> let's make sure as funny as it is. And yes, he did get caught in a hotel room with a bunch of naked guys. So maybe he is just super gay, but he also could be bisexual. He's also married Uh, with kids and his wifey was like, yeah, I kind of know. And it's our business, which I thought was great. Great. Sure. Pool boy will speak up about that (laughs) eventually. (laughs) Right. Now, over in North Dakota, so we've got we've got all over the map here. That was Florida with Andrew Gillum. Now let's move over to North Dakota, where there's a city councilwoman who is making a lot of headlines, particularly this one comes from TMZ, because she sort of came out when a guy showed up, an old white guy, showed up at the city council meeting and was protesting an LGBT flag being hung in their town of Minot or Minot, M-I-N-O-T. It's Minot. Uh, this is... Oh, Minot? Uh-huh. Minot, wow. North Dakota. I would have never guessed that pronunciation. It's, that, it's the Midwestern pro- pro- pronunciation. Exactly. Minot. <laughs> Minot. Uh, and this was her response. Walk is running as please, soon as please I don't go need ahead. five minutes. Please go ahead. So, Mr. Walker, if you're not aware, and I think a lot of people in this room are not aware and have come here just because this is a gay issue, I am proudly the first openly elected lesbian in North Dakota. So that is why I'm not paying any heed to your crap. Come on, I, boo. We the people. I'm the people. I live in Minot. I have a taxpayer. I am a person. Yes, Carrie. I get to see myself represented on yes, that flagpole. Just as much as the people who got the Juneteenth flag last month, as much as the POW MIAs will get later this month, every single person is entitled to see themselves represented. We are not some group of people who live in San Francisco or Seattle. We are here. We are your elected officials. We are your brothers. We are your sisters. And don't tell me you're not hatred and anger. That's all I feel. I've had to listen to it for days now, as is the mayor and many of my colleagues. It is unacceptable. This city is big enough for all of us. Me having a flag flying doesn't take away anything from your rights. 
Come on, Carrie Evans. That is Carrie Evans, ladies and gentlemen, the new mascot of Channel Q. We'll be right back more <laughs> after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James. And every once in a while, we like to make fun of real estate. Um, I am born and raised in the Bay Area, which I still believe has the most expensive rent in the whole country. It's usually the Bay Area and Manhattan that are kind of like dueling it out, duking it out every month. About uh, no 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 hold on it's four thousand dollars for a studio apartment oh well we, we have five thousand dollars for a studio apartment well it's turned into uh, a, a fun time here on Drop the Subject and on the new channel Q because it gives us a chance to laugh and laugh at apartments that we can't afford but this real estate is a little bit different I'm gonna give you a real real estate listing that you can partake in right here, right now. It's a live listing, and I will give you something else that you could have bought with that money. James, you just guess which one costs more. You ready? I'm ready, as always. Fired up. Let's do it. This one is a little bit different, this real estate listing, because it's not a long-term rental. It's actually just a one-night rental. One night. One night only. Okay. One night only at the mansion from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Whoa, no way, that's awesome. Here's what you get. You get one night, you can rent out the mansion from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and you can make all of your 90s dreams come true. Uh, Apparently, you can sit on your throne for a price that I will not reveal, of course. Uh Uh-huh. This is you and a friend will be able to stay. And the mansion will include, quote, bold graffiti art, posh interiors, timeless family portraits, and Philly cheesesteaks served on silver platters. What more could you ask for? (laughs) Wait, just you and a friend, though? Like, you can't, this is not like I can bring my whole family, just two people? Just two, just the two. And I do believe this mansion is in Bel Air. Yeah, I think it's because it, you need to it, be in it, Los Angeles to rent it out. Yeah, which is a whole thing because I had no idea that Bel Air was Bel Air until I started working over near there. And apparently I drive by this house sometimes. Oh, well, you can also raid. There's, a, I guess, a show closet that's filled with all <gasps> kinds of Fresh Prince of Bel Air outfits, including Whoa. some of your Jordans. And you also get the opportunity to take something home from the closet. D- no way. Okay, yes. so this value is going up and up and up. All right, I see what you're doing. I'm looking at Will Smith's hats, you know, the the hats from the show. It's Bel Air Athletics, that yellow one with the blue things on the sides. I mean, like old, <laughs> you know, 80s and 90s hats. Uh-huh. And uh, so you can have your fill of that. It's pretty exciting, but it's going to be, it's first come, first serve, but it's very, it, it's, it's a hot ticket item. I'll just say that. Okay. Or... Or, so one night at the Bel Air Mansion from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or the original Peloton. Like the company? No, just the bike. (laughs) (laughs) One Peloton bike is $1,895. The Peloton bike plus is $2,400, but we're just going to go with the original Peloton bike, the one that started it all. They are coming out with a cheaper treadmill, I believe, and... You know, Peloton is, they're supposed to be reporting some astronomical Zoom-like earnings. I mean, yeah. just, they have been, they, they before the pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic, Peloton is a completely different company. And this was the leg up that they needed, or the wheel up, rather. And these 
Peloton bikes, they're not cheap, but they do do a lot for you. I mean, you don't have to pay for a gym membership. You just have to pay their little $14 a month for someone to come on your screen and say, what's up, hustlers? So <laughs> you've been watching Robin. <laughs> Robin Arzon, she's my girl. Uh huh. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. But mm-hmm. everyone is and she a hustler. Goes, hey. <laughs> hey, yeah, she is very New York. Very New York. <laughs> yes, What's up, hustlers? I'm like, ah, I'm scared. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm like, that she, I mean, it's always hustlers. She's family. We're family. She's my hustler. It's uh-huh. a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, which one do you think costs more? Is it buying one Peloton bike and having it for possibly the rest of your life, maybe losing some pounds, some LBs, as they say? Or would you rather have one night in the mansion from Bel Air? Which one do you think costs more? Well, fam, this is a really tough decision because, you know, a true hustler would, uh, go with probably the Peloton because even though it might be more expensive, it's a lifelong investment, fam. But <laughs> However, oh, this one's really hard. I think because you get to take a tchotchke away and it's Bel Air, like I, they like fine you to come into the zip code where Bel Air is. Like even when that you, is true, you need to be on a list. Yeah, I'm like, sure, several lists and to there, get through those gates. There are actually gates, right, to get in and out of Bel Air, even like though it is like ones. a public community. Yeah, it's a like little bit godlike heaven gates. Yeah. Um. So I think that there's the whole Will Smithiness of this. You know, their their Will and Jada are like always number one. So I'm gonna go with the one one night only in the Bel Air from Fresh Prince of Bel Air Mansion in Bel Air, California. How many times can I say Bel Air? James. Allie. You're very good at these games. Yeah, sure am. But not today. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it was setting me up for that one. Though <laughs> it is $1,895. That's $1,895 for an original Peloton bike. Uh, I didn't know the Peloton treadmill, by the way, was $4,000. Oh, my God. When you, my God. And they're coming out with a cheaper one, though, you said? So is it going to be like Yeah, thank God, because what the hell? You have to be a Rockefeller and eat oysters every day to be able to afford a treadmill. Crikey. But the mansion, one night on Airbnb, if you can snag it, you and a friend can stay there for $30 for one night. Thirty dollars? Three zero. Not thirty thousand. Just thirty. <laughs> no, you read that wrong. That is a typo in the article. Allie Johnson. No, just because I win the games all of the time and you get mad doesn't mean you need to lie. There's no way that you can stay at the Bel Air Mansion for thirty bucks. That is true. It's on Airbnb. They are doing it for five nights separately, five separate nights starting next month. I would imagine you need to be, you need to pay thousands of dollars just for the fastest internet possible so you can actually be the first person to <laughs> click buy. Right, right, right. But still, uh, so congratulations to whoever gets that. If you actually snag one of those, please let us know at DTS Show. We will be your plus one. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Allie, I'm out of here. See you later. Bye. What? Wait. No, um, we're not done I'm, yet. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, we can, I guess we can still keep doing this job since we're doing remote, remotely anyway. But I finally figured out where I'm moving to. Everyone, there is an exodus out of large cities. And into smaller cities in more rural America. And there are 19 families in Georgia Alley who are taking this to an absolute another level. I love it. So at the merger of... COVID-19, the world is too expensive, the great white awakening, systemic social justice reform, 
They are all the things, all the things creating their own city in rural Georgia called Freedom, Georgia. So tell me all about it. I know (laughs) this. So they bought 97 acres of land to be like, hey, this is our space because all of America hasn't created this space for us. We're going to get. 97 acres because no one gave us our 40 damn acres and a mule we are going to make sure we have our own space what is it all about tell me everything by being being able to create a community that is thriving that is safe that has agriculture and commercial businesses that are supporting one another and that dollar circulating in our community that is our vision and to be able to pass this land down to my children and to the children that are represented by each of our 19 families as a piece of legacy we're hoping to create legacy there you go i mean that's the founders explained it the best themselves no this is obviously not the first time that there's been some sort of like black collective and one of the things that often gets left out of history that we teach in schools by the way is that there were the suburbs were black before the suburbs were white and so in in post-civil war post-slavery, immediate post-slavery America, there were lots of cities that were predominantly black. Leadership, mayors, city councils, the architects, the engineers, all of these things were black cities. And then they eventually went on to just get destroyed slash abandoned. Or they essentially have the same infrastructure now as they did then because of Jim Crow and and redlining and and rules and laws and things like that. So I love that we're sort of going back to where we were 130, 140 years ago, like immediately post-Civil War. Um, In this, I, I, I love the concept. I love the idea. Something rubs me about the segregation aspect of it. Oh, I see. But also, isn't it okay for now? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this needs to like this is better than nothing. Okay, let's let's let this community form their own monopoly. Let's just have them grow and grow and grow and just like like buy everything around. You know, you start off with the ninety seven acres and then you just keep buying and buying and buying and buying and buying and just let the monopoly slowly slowly happen because the playing field needs to be evened out and you didn't get your chance to 400 years ago so let's just give it to you now well and i think you you bring up that point ali that's exactly what it is what this re- is really about is that you know every, the old conversation about oh well if you could pull yourself up by your bootstraps like i did except what we're whole all fighting about is that black people don't have the same bootstraps to pull themselves up by communities like this give black folks an opportunity to do that and also an opportunity to see yourself we talk a lot about representation in the queer communities as well and at the intersection of queer and people of color seeing yourself seeing a black mayor seeing a black city council person seeing the chimney guys fixing my house like seeing a black chimney person fi- you know mm-hmm. fixing your chimney in your house like all of those things matter and when you don't have that and then when you don't have uh, educational structures that teach your history as it's combined in a part of american history and whatever all of those things really matter and creating a cooperative like this and a community like this in modern day america you really have the opportunity to to do that and it, it's great so they they need to create some resorts for you to visit. <laughs> Make this like, like a big vacation destination too. Get some whoa, tourism that, up there. 
so it, that it's like you know the place to be i mean how would you feel to go there and be like i'm gonna spend a week here there's gonna be freaking lakes and pools and waterfalls and just all of the things that you want <laughs> right. to have a fantastic vacation and I mean, I think it's sort of, I mean, people have been sort of online and on Twitter making jokes about this being like the start of Wakanda in the United States, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I think that that's, you know, (laughs) let's not maybe turn it into a fairy tale land or anything like Wakanda, but there is something about that, the relaxation that comes. I mean, it actually kind of goes back to that conversation about how black people act generally, we act differently when we're in exclusively black situations right. so than when there's feel, other races around right so what would it be like for you to be in a, an environment like that where you don't have to worry about that yeah i mean I, i'm assuming that this community would also be warm and open and welcoming to my queerness and to other folks queerness and as long as it is then yeah i mean it does sound heavenly all right i'm like i said in the beginning i'm out freedom right, here pack i come your bags james is going to freedom georgia we'll be back after this two minute break with news it or lose it drop the subject the new channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Drop the subject, Allie and James. It's News It or Lose It time. I've got two headlines. James has two headlines, but we can only news one of them. The other one will be lost and never spoken of ever again, unless it's an Ellen story. Are you ready? Always. All right, here's your first headline to get you in the mood for football. A company is selling football-themed scented candles. What What are the sm- Yeah, I guess I got to use it if I want to know the smells, huh? That's true. All right, then you are losing a $1,000 Louis Vuitton face shield. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, people. I can't. That makes me angry. Yes. Good. Glad I lost Which that. Which is almost as expensive as a new Peloton bike. But right. still... Oh, t- more expensive than a night in the Bel Air mansion from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 30 bucks. Listen, DTS listeners, if one of y'all gets into the Bel Air mansion and you're out here in LA, you'd let us know because then I'm going, not Allie, me. (laughs) That's fair. Go ahead. It's totally fair. Right. Allie, your headlines. Chris Evans accidentally leaked a nude and of course, Twitter had jokes. Ah, you know, I did hear about this happening yesterday and though I would love to news it because I did tweet out my own nudes on Twitter. You can <laughs> see them at your Allie Johnson. Um, I will lose Chris Evans D. Oh, no. So you're going to you're going to news it so we can talk more about Chris Evans D. No, I'm going to lose it. So oh, you nu- don't talk about you're going to news it. That's great. So Chris Evans. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. Ah, all right, fine. Then you are forced. To, you should have maybe news it, Allie, because I don't know if you're going to like this story. You should have. News it because now you have to hear about NASA wanting you to dig up stuff on the moon in pursuit of lunar exploration ah, architecture. No way. All right. Let me get through these candles so that we can get to that. Word. Okay. Scented candles. They're not just for people who love fall and pumpkin spice anymore. <sighs> fall also means football. And even though we have our problems with the NFL, football itself is funsies, fun times. And here's how you can make yourself feel like you're at the stadium, even if you're not. There's a company called Babe Wine, and they have released a line of candles with scents that you might experience had you gone to the stadium. Scents like $18 (laughs) nachos. (laughs) 
It's the same cheese sauce that probably cost 0.018 cents to make, but you there, spent $18. Yeah, on. there really is a specific smell to the stadium nacho, much uh-huh. more so than any other nacho that you'd find at a restaurant. And yeah. they usually are $18 and they are good, but not $18. Good. But it's and it's the only time you eat them is at the stadium. Yeah. And you have that little side pouch that has all the melty cheese in it. And yeah. then I get really pissed off when they bring it in, when it has its own little packet. I'm like, don't give me a packet. Give me a vat. <laughs> I want the vat, right, where that you've been stirring around with the same ladle since 1984. Yes. Right? And, and it, it has just, all the Bernie cheese on it. Totally. And plop it on my nachos. Like, if we're doing this, we're doing it. Yeah. Don't give me a stupid, like, peel back cup <laughs> of ah, nachos, you, you monsters. And then the other. <laughs> Uh, scented candle is freshly cut grass and finally I don't know how you feel about this one jock strap jock strap you like that one (laughs) I feel some kind of way about that one interesting I think I'm going to be into candles now Mm. (laughs) Yankee candle here I come locker room smell in your house (laughs) right guy that's fixed in your chimney is really gonna love that one uh right right. he's like whoa I mean he I think he was already a little freaked out that there's like two dudes in the house anyway but that's another conversation um (laughs) so (laughs) Allie apparently NASA wants you you Allie Johnson to dig up stuff on the moon I'm listening to help them like deal with lunar exploration architecture with ever whichever that means. So they want this like this new technology and basically they they need your help creating it. So long story short, they just want you to get to the moon, dig up some rocks, send a picture proving that you did it, and then transfer ownership of those rocks to NASA. You you don't have to bring the rocks home. It's not about the rocks, it's about you getting to the moon, digging them up. And the technology you use to do that, because NASA wants it. So it's like they're like crowdfunding new technology. Oh, for God's sake. This is those these are those stupid things where they're like, How do we go to the bathroom in the suit? We'll pay you a thousand dollars if you can figure it out. And it's like, no, we're not NASA. We can't figure that out. <laughs> right. You're gonna give me all this money to get to the moon somehow? I can't get to the moon. I don't, not a scientist. I'm not a genius. I'm not Elon Musk. I don't know how to get to the GD moon. Well, and Elon even needed NASA's help. Like, as as of this point, no one has gotten to the moon, period, without NASA's help. So what? how are they asking us to do this? This is all, of course, in, in the, like, ramp up to Artemis, right? Which is the big, like, moon mission in 2024, where they're like, we're going to go back to the moon so we can develop permanent settlements on the moon. And it starts with Artemis in 2024 and blah, blah, blah. But I just don't, like, if no one in humanity has ever gotten to the moon without you or Russia... How, how do you expect? Oh. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it's what? the Russians. Oh, you think the Russians are behind this? I didn't even think about that. That <gasps> just popped into my head. He wants us to go to the moon. See, it's all, Allie, it's all a conspiracy theory. It's all a conspiracy, but whatever. If someone's going to give me money, I will try like hell. I don't have a rocket, but if anyone has one, just give us a call. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. If you are not listening on the podcast, I certainly hope you enjoyed that two minutes or less of commercials and a little music in between. In the realm of don't believe headlines that you read always, Allie, headlines came out in the last couple of days saying a possible sign of life right next door to Earth on Venus. Now, when you read those headlines, what do you think? 
uh, well, you know, you were going to pack your bags to go to Freedom. Uh-huh. I'm going to pack my bags and go to Venus. Uh, it's been real. <laughs> I, I I think we've been wasting way too much time on Mars, and that's not apparently, according to that book, where women are supposed to go anyway, because that's uh-huh. not where we're from. So now that there's life on Venus... I'm fine with it, especially because I think it's some sort of a gas, and that's how things started around here. When yeah, I watch it, all those space is. documentaries, they're like, Venus is what, it, it, like, Earth was this perfect storm of all these things that went right, but Earth and Venus were really, really similar in uh-huh. the way that they were created. It's just that we kind of got the luck of the draw, and Venus was like the ugly twin who never met anyone that actually loved them so they just kind of sat there (laughs) pale and sad i don't and now they're catching up they're late bloomers yeah i think it is a late bloomer sort of thing like maybe we're that high school kid who peaked in like junior senior year right like oh we have peaked yeah (laughs) and we are certainly on our we are now you know not doing well, midlife crisis, that whole thing. And Venus is like, ha ha, gotcha. I'm just coming into my own. 40 is the new everything because researchers have found, you're right, Allie, this new toxic or this toxic gas that we've only ever found on Earth. It's called phosphine. And it's there in such quantities. It's not just like an anomaly. It just sort of showed up. It's there in like a massive enough quantity that they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There has to be this like combination of organisms that we call life that we've only ever been able to identify on Earth that create this gas. So what is creating this gas on this all gas planet that could be life? Well, doesn't it start off with somebody like accidentally dropping something off on Venus where it's like, oh, no, I accidentally like a comet or an asteroid or some crap like accidentally leaves some composite of chemicals or or materials that then sit on Venus and they gesticulate with each other and then they create some kind of gas, which then leads to something else, which then leads to an amoeba, which then leads to a piece of seaweed, which then leads to a crocodile, which then leads to all of us. <laughs> ruining the planet seaweed to crocodiles (laughs) (laughs) that's that is exactly how evolution no wonder they don't want us to teach evolution in tennessee alley that's it because listen seaweed turns into crocodiles okay so just be careful if you bring the seaweed home from the ocean no you're right though and that's called seed theory and it is one of the theories that is growing in popularity in terms of what how the earth was seeded with life that comets hit us all the time or you know have in our 60 billion year history or however old the earth is comet hit and there was some stuff on it and now it's turned into life there's no reason to think that that could not be happening on venus as well because like you said venus is so similar to earth and before it's like dramatic runaway greenhouse effect thoughts are it actually was pretty inhabitable so there you go so women Fresh really are round. from there until they got dramatic and carried away is basically what this article is yeah. saying. And I will give my period right back to that planet. There you go. <laughs> you can take that. Take that, Venus. <laughs> there you go. I'll just leave it there. Uh, well, there you go. Another option for possible moving. If you don't want to live on Earth anymore, there's Mars and there's Venus. So we can just start over on these new planets and just take the whole universe by storm. Uh, when we come back, more drop the subject. Don't go anywhere. Here's some lovely music. And we will hear these lovely voices momentarily. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. And just like that, we are out of time. But the good news is that 
A, well, there's a couple things. A, there's a podcast. So if you missed anything, you can mm-hmm. download the podcast. We have talked about life on Venus and what it would be like to move there. We've talked about how you can make money digging rocks on the moon. We've talked about uh, Andrew Gillum coming out in Closet Watch. And we've also talked about just the tip Tuesday, things that you are doing that are annoying through email. So just many things to keep you educated uh, on the beat of what is going on and just not being annoying to your coworkers. So all kinds of things. And I just burped into the microphone. So that's awesome. those are all good things that you can get when you go to the podcast. Drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. The other good news is that we're going to be back tomorrow for a whole new set of show. And we will be joined again by Dr. John Paul, our favorite and uh, I, I know we're going to get into something incredible with him. Um, before we get out of here, uh, you know, over the weekend, there were new sporty sport things to watch. And congratulations to Naomi Osaka, which we never got a chance to say during our sports segment today. Um, but something that I always like to do, especially when football season is back, is the gayest sports highlights of the week. Now, when we watch sports, it's a little different than when the straights watch sports, right, James? There's at least an added layer, right? I like to I like to think of this as like a tres le- leches, right? Like some straight people watch sports and they're like, I'm into sports and it helps me, it makes me feel good and it's escapism. We also get sort of like a little sexual component to it sometimes, you know, and let's just be honest. Yeah, you know, when we hear and see sporting events, there are words and phrases that jump out at us because we're always on the we're always on the lookout for gay references. Things that sound gay really pop in our minds more than others. So uh, before we go, I wanted to share with you this week's highlights and we'll see you tomorrow. These are your official gayest sports highlights of the week. Here are the gayest sports highlights from the week. That's the tight end. Von Bell has his arms around Hunter Henry. A kiss again there. Fake Haskins is swallowed up and down he goes. Backside pressure. Garoppolo gets away from Jones. Who's able to get both feet in. Devin Coleman. Coleman with a hole. Pressure coming from Phillips. Flags fly. Finds a gap and takes it up the middle. Slippery is a raindrop. Washington has it with a strip sack. And he goes again. And he overshoots his receiver that time. These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.